Happy Saturday. Happy day one of the October cohort officially underway today. Let's I'm go. pumped up. What do we got? Drop in the chat. What are you writing about today? How did it feel to hit publish? If you've hit publish, anything holding you back from hitting publish yet? We'll overcome some of those today. Let's see what we got. Still not sure. It's all right. Day's young. The day's young. Cole, what are you writing about today? Well, technically, I wrote mine yesterday, so it's, I'm ready to go. But oh, uh, that's how it goes. That's yeah. I wrote mine yesterday. I'm ready to hit publish today. How to become a world class listener? Mm. Three things I'm currently obsessed with. Amazing. Already hitting on headlines. That's not till we got a week and a half till headlines, but yeah. those are some good ones. <laughs> Relationships in view of productivity. Writing about joy, positive intelligence. How to sell without selling your soul. 3 a.m. The day is very, very young. Shout out to you, Stephen, for being up and at him. I love it. Reboarding. Love it, Mark. Good to hit publish. A little bit anxious after. That's common. Holy crap. 49 messages. Power of DAOs. Cool. Dickie's prompt. Good. The shackled human. Oh. Tacos. Tacos. I'll take I'll, I want to read about tacos. There you go. What else? Why did I join ship 30? Awesome. What else? Customer research for SAS. I might read that. I need that. All right, we'll get 30 more seconds and then we'll get going. It's such a good song, by the way. So good. It always gets me so hyped. I, I think it's just one of the best songs ever. It was my alarm for a bit and I had to stop because it was pissing me off to hear later. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go for it. Let's do it. So welcome everyone to what is really the first live session of the October cohort where we're going to dive into three really good frameworks on digital writing. But before we get there first, it's day one, whether you've hit publish or not, you know, do some reflection today. It's the start of a 30 day journey. You're going to look back on yourself. You're going to learn a lot about yourself. You're going to learn a lot about writing. You're going to learn a lot about habits. You're going to have a damn good time doing it. So give yourself a pat on the back if you hit publish. If you haven't yet, I mean, either way, we're, we're going to get there today. And this is only the beginning. So we say time and time again, it's just we condense a year's worth of writing experience into 30 days. So uh, today we're really excited to kick that off. A couple of quick logistics. Um, don't get in your own way, right? This is just a framework to, I think it's, there's going to be a lot of things. You're going to hear a lot of voices and people popping up on your shoulder. Today's not perfect. It's not great. We're going to talk all about mindset stuff today, but um, we're going to make sure you get out of your own way. One thing on the live sessions, continue to share your learnings in public. We're going to ask you to do a little share golden nugget throughout this. Anytime you hear something that resonates, just drop it in the chat. Like, oh, wow, that clicked or, oh, I never thought about it like that. We're going to kind of continue to ask you about those. And then the weeks one through four curriculum. So week one will unlock today. 
And you'll see that in the Ship 30 for 30 doc. On top of that, we have in Slack in the curriculum channel. Every single day, we'll be linking to some of the curriculum that it's kind of come as you go. There's a lot. We throw a lot at you during this 30 days. So if you if you can't handle all the curriculum and writing and engaging, don't worry about it. It's all there for you. You can come in and absorb it at any time. But in that curriculum channel, every day at 9 a.m. Eastern, we'll post a writing prompt that you can use either that day or the next day if you need something to write about. We'll also share a writing tip or, and a replay to a live session or something like that. So, uh, And it's also in the resources on the Ship 30 doc. So a, a ton coming at you there. But what's fun about the Slack channel is you can see how other people are thinking about it. So you can dive in, respond in the thread. Oh, I never thought about it like that. Just a good way to kind of create conversation. And we're going to see how that goes. This is the first time we've done that. And so we're going to test that out a little bit. And then other than that, Today's day one. Congrats if you hit publish. And Cole, you think I missed anything? No, I think that's it. We, we just have so much jam-packed into today. I'm just psyched to share it with everybody. This is, this is a, a zero to one moment. These, these are going to be some new ways of thinking about the game, uh, thinking about writing online. So no, I think we're ready to dive in. Let's go for it. All right. So by the end of this, this is our goal over the next hour, we're going to give you three digital writing frameworks that, again, the, the intention is to change the way that you think about writing. Um, I certainly went through this on my own writing journey. Dickie, I know you experienced this in the beginning too, just hammering away on blog posts every day and feeling like you weren't making progress. A lot of it is all about how you think about it. And if you think about it in the right way, writing isn't really that hard. It just is a matter of showing up and doing it. So our goal is to show you how that works and to also kind of demystify some of the things that some of the conventional wisdom that gets passed around that ends up making it very confusing or very difficult to make progress. So the three writing frameworks are lean writing, um, data-driven writing, which is a part of digital writing, and puzzle piece writing, which is more of a game of how do you assemble these pieces to create, to create this thing. So let's dig into them. Lean writing being the first one. Um, Dickie, is there anything you want to, you want to share with the people as the overarching point of view here? I mean, lean writing to me is a way of going about treating your writing like a startup. And this is the framework and point of view we want to just have as the foundation of ship 30. And the way I think about it is the old way of writing was you, you would go off into the woods with an idea and hope and pray that your assumption about that idea was right. And then you'd spend 18 months hacking away at it every morning by the fire and smoking your corn cob pipe. And hopefully, hopefully you emerge after 18 months and you have something very good. And you hear a lot of the Hemingways and the famous legacy writers like this. But for every one of them, there was thousands of other writers who did that same thing with an assumption and that writing went nowhere and they wasted 18 months or two years of their life. And so we're going to turn that completely on its head and use this startup methodology that if you've ever heard of the lean startup, it's just this rapid fire feedback loop way of iterating on a product. And the overarching mindset we want to just give you is you want to start to view your writing like a product and you are the CEO. And so everything you're doing is about gathering data, keeping tight feedback loops. We're going to talk about 
some of these principles like getting feedback and talking to users and all these other things you can take from what has been a very successful startup methodology and apply it to your writing. And this is really lean writing, data-driven writing, and puzzle piece writing are all just parts of being a digital writer. And so we're going to introduce you to these frameworks. I think this is a little bit like the matrix where a lot of your assumptions and a lot of the common advice that you hear about writing online is we think setting you up for a very frustrating journey. And so our goal is to instead give you these frameworks to say, let's, let's make it easy. Let's make it fun. Let's make it satisfying. Let's create a sustainable way of doing it. And we're going to dive into all those today. Yeah, that's per- perfectly said. I mean, and again, this was my journey. I certainly went through the years of wishing I could just, you know, give up on life, retreat into the forest, into the cabin and write my bestseller and emerge. And everyone says, oh, you're amazing. Uh, but nothing really ended up changing until I adopted this sort of framework and methodology. And over all of these cohorts that we've done, we see how much this works every over and over and over again. Someone starts from ground zero, they iterate very quickly and they, they move very fast. So here's the, here are the problems with this kind of old world legacy strategy. There's three really big ones and they're all based on assumptions. Okay. So when you sit down and you say, you know, I'm going to go and work on my own thing and my own project and my own big book, my own product, you know, whatever it is, the three big assumptions you're making is a, you don't know yet if the thing that you're writing about is what readers are interested in. You think that's what people are interested in, but is it, do you have any objective evidence that that's actually true? And it can't be true for someone else. You know, you can't look at someone else. I can't look at Dickie and go, oh, well, it worked for Dickie. So I'm sure that'll work for me. That's the, that's the mistake, right? So someone, you look at someone else, you go, it worked for them. I'm going to go into my cabin in the woods and I'm just going to assume it'll work for me. And it doesn't work like that because Dickie's got a different voice than I do, right? Dickie's got a different perspective than I do. He's approaching, he's always going to approach it differently than me. So it's, it's a mistake to think just because it worked for someone else, it's going to work for me. You need to, you need to objectively know whether or not this is what readers want from you. The second is the way that you organize it, right? Is this the right way of presenting the information? You know, do my readers actually want an 80,000 word book explaining this, or do they really just want a Twitter thread? You know, do they want a 47 hour video course or do they just want five emails? You have to learn what is the format that is appropriate for the, for the message or the story that you're trying to communicate. And again, you assume, you know, you know, you assume you, you think that this is the right way to do it, but you need to test, you need to know. And third is, is this voice is the way that I'm communicating this, the way that readers are receptive to. You go, this is my voice. I think readers should care about this, but have you, have you tested it? Have you gone and shared it with people? Have you talked to them? Have you seen whether or not they actually are attracted to that voice, right? So these are the problems with, I have an idea, I have an assumption, and I'm going to go spend three years working on a book, a product, a course, a business, a whatever, right? Because it's all based on what you think, not based on what you know. So here with lean writing, it is the opposite, right? It is literally test lots of ideas, 
see which ones readers gravitate to in their smallest form, right? It's called an atomic essay for a reason. It is the smallest form of a quote unquote long form essay that you can write. It's 250 words, right? When you see which ones resonate, make them longer, double down on them, invest in them more. And then when you see the overarching patterns of what's working and you go from you know short form to medium form to long form to really long form to book to course to business to whatever, now it's not an assumption. This is how you go from a tweet becomes a business, right? Because you're going from atomic to I expanded it, expanded it, expanded it, expanded it. And, and the entire time, all you're doing is just doubling down on what's working. It's a whole different way of thinking about it. Yeah. The way I think about this is the legacy writing world was very ego driven. It was, I think I'm right. And I'm going to go do something that I assume the market wants, that I assume is correct, that I assume is X, Y, and Z. And that worked for a few people very well the Hemingways, et cetera. But for a lot of people, it didn't work. And so they get into this bad feedback loop of they go and they assume that they're right. And then they come and bring it to market and they don't get the exact response they want. And then they start to blame. They start to say this, that, and the other thing. So who here has heard of Quibi? Quibi versus (laughs) Netflix, right? If anyone's heard of Quibi, it started as they raised a whole bunch of money they, they thought, oh, I had this great idea for this new video content, right? It's going to be five-minute, 10-minute videos. Everyone's going to love it. We got Jeffrey Katzenberg. He used to be the CEO of Disney. Raised all this money. And they didn't test one single time whether people actually liked this way of one big consuming assumption. video, right? And they brought it to market failed completely. And what they do, they blamed, oh, it was bad timing. It was this, it was people are all, all this, blah, blah, blah. But that's the same way you want to think about your writing versus Netflix. What did Netflix do? They started as a DVD shipping company. They shipped you DVDs and they gathered gather data and said, oh, people like this. People really, they, they don't want DVDs. They, they want more than one at a time. They want a big option of them, right? So keep that in mind. Don't be quibby when you're a writer. Don't right? be quibby. <laughs> like, don't, don't assume, oh, this is so good. It's everyone's going to want this. Oh, and then you come to market and boom, no one does it. And then you start blaming and now you're out of business, right? You give up because it's unsustainable. It, you tied your ego so much to that big thing that you built up and then it went nowhere. And now you don't even want to go back to market, right? So adopt this kind of lean writing mindset. And we're going to talk about a few more, but that is how I think about it. Every time I have an assumption, I'm trying, don't be quibby. Don't so. be quibby. I love, I love, we should make, make t-shirts. Don't be quibby. Um, here's, and here's the other thing that I want to, that I want to add. First of all, this problem is everywhere. I mean, you know, I, I've had a ghostwriting agency. I run into this with people all the time. You know, someone's never written anything online before and they go, I want to write a book. And the whole thing is based on, I assume people want to hear about X from me, but I've tested nothing, Right. What people don't really realize is you see the best-selling book, but what you don't see is how that final result, the book, the business, the course, whatever, became the way that it did. And so the assumption is someone just sat down, had an amazing idea, 
and then just out of nowhere became this global bestseller. And I just want to give you a couple examples to show how this is not the reality. Okay. So here, most people don't know that the Grand Slam bestseller book, The Tipping Point, was started as a New Yorker article four or five years earlier. And he had been writing for The New Yorker. Malcolm Gladwell was a columnist for The New Yorker. This is after 10 plus years writing for other middle tier publications where he you know, refined his voice and figured out what format worked and figured out his storytelling techniques and all of this stuff. And The Tipping Point was one of his most read articles on The New Yorker. What did he do, right? What happened? A publisher goes, hey, that more atomic version seems to be what readers are gravitating to. Why don't we expand that into a book? And then he did. And then the book broke a bunch of records and became one of the best-selling nonfiction books of our generation. Okay. So is it any surprise that the book that was based on the already proven article performed well? No, that's why the publisher bought it. Like the publisher was like, hey, I already know this works, so let's just double down on it, right? But most people don't know that. They think Malcolm Gladwell just went into a cabin by himself and wrote this thing in isolation and presented it to the world and then wha-bam. And that's not, that's the lie, right? That's the myth. That's not actually how this happens. Here's another great one. Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. One of the best-selling nonfiction books of the past several decades, right? You've seen it in every airport. Most people don't know that here on the left, the ex exact same title and basically the outline of the book was his most popular blog post. Mark Manson had been blogging for about 10 years and he had a big audience. He had an email list, he had you know, a couple million page views, stuff like that. And a publisher goes, hey, we'd love to do a book with you. He goes, what about? And they go, I don't know. What's the most read article in your library? And he goes, mm, this one called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And they go, great, data tells us that that's what readers want. So just take that article and make it longer. And he goes, okay. And then well, bam, massively best-selling book, right? It's not rocket science. And most people don't, they, they see step two, but they don't see or acknowledge step one. And the end result doesn't happen in a vacuum, okay? It happens as the result of lots of tiny steps. And then you look at all of that and you see trends, you see patterns, you pull the pattern out and you go, oh, this is what people really want. This isn't my assumption. Data is telling me that this is what I want. I'm going to go do that, okay? And then he takes it one step further, right? Now Mark Manson has a bunch of courses. How do you think he figured out which courses to build out? Why did he pick how to build a better life, how to foster conversation and connection, how to overcome anxiety, dating and relationships, writing and blogging? The first thing that should come to mind is those are his five most popular categories, right? He's written hundreds and hundreds of things. He gathered a bunch of data and he said, oh, these top five categories are what all my readers are interested in. I'm going to keep building on that. We, I could seriously give you hundreds of examples like this. It is over and over and over again. And so our goal, right? Our goal is not to say, hey, everyone, sit by yourself, come up with an amazing idea, and then just go write it in a vacuum. And then when you bring it to the world, everyone's going to love you. Our goal is to say, that doesn't work, 
right? That's the lottery. You might as well go to a gas station and buy a lottery ticket. Instead, sit down, write lots of different things in very small forms, right? Atomic essays, learn what works. And then when you see patterns emerge, double down on them, double down on them, double down on them, just over and over and over again, right? So Dickie, you said it, you are, you are the CEO of your own writing and your writing is a startup. Iterate over and over and over again. Yeah, the goal of your 30 atomic essays are to create 30 data points. You can ask questions about every single one of them, both to yourself, what the market is saying, right? Everything starts with just a very small bet. And you can say, oh, good thing I didn't spend months on this. You're condensing a very what is historically a very long feedback loop of a weekly blog post that eight people read. And you have no clue whether it worked or whatever it is. But good thing it was on your own platform and you owned it, right? That's kind of the whole common way of thinking right now versus I'm going to go bring these ideas, put them in front of people. It's like starting your own startup with a product and then popping up your own store to sell it in the middle of nowhere versus trying to get in Walmart and you launch 20 products. And now you're really going to know which one of these are actually working. So I just want to keep hammering home this idea of getting more data points out there because you're, you kill all your assumptions when that happens. And time and time again, people come into Ship 30 and it's, I want to write about productivity. And four days in, they're like, well, I've said everything that I really wanted to say about productivity. And if they hadn't written every day for four days, they would have spent a month on that and wouldn't have had the feedback loop to say, I, I, I don't really care about productivity as much as I thought. Mm-hmm. But now I have 26 more days to go explore 26 more topics and, and just that's rapid airtight feedback loop is just so it's just such a better way of thinking. And I want to emphasize this is, you know, Dickie and I, like we, we really eat our own dog food, you know, and I, I continue to have to remind myself of this. I've, I've had an idea for like a, like a sci-fi fiction novel I've wanted to write for a long time. And the only thing I can hear in my head is, Hey, before you go spend six months writing this whole big thing, why don't you write a couple atomic essays on it and see what's resonating, right? Why don't you test it a little bit? And that's the thing that you have to, you have to fight that urge to go, I know what's right. I, I know that this is what I need to do. And I'm going to go over invest a disproportionate amount of time into it before you really know, Hey, is this what's working about this? Right? So this is how it works. An atomic essay, you write 10 of them. One of them stands out. It gets a little bit more engagement, you know, more views, whatever, whatever metric we're paying attention to. Okay. I'm going to expand that into a long form blog post. Okay, great. Write a couple of those. Oh, people really like this long form. They're asking me for more. I'm going to turn this into a free email course. Oh, wow. Lots of people are opting in for this free email course. Oh, I can turn this into a paid product. Oh, wow. People are buying my paid product, right? And you see how it just, it keeps building on itself. Again, this is how you go from tweet to business. And the mistake that people make is they go, I'm going to ignore the first part and just launch a business. I'm going to ignore the first part and just write a book. And that is like the recipe for failure over and over and over again. So, yeah. And, and just one more point on that. Your time is too valuable to write things that the market isn't begging for. Yep. 
the second you can internalize that and say, I cannot afford to waste a month. If, if I'm a startup and I raised money and I have a burn rate and we're going to run out of money in a month, I can't spend a month on something that I don't know if it's going to work or not. I have to figure it out before I go invest all that time. So, you know, expand your runway, which is just get more data points out there. Rapid fire, rapid fire, faster you can iterate, right? So of course, you know, great. We understand this, but wait, you know, how do we, how do we know what's working? What do we pay attention to? Okay. So this is the second framework. And the second framework is the biggest component of digital writing, which is learning and learning how to pay attention to data. Okay. This is like, if there was one thing that differentiates digital writers from legacy writers, it's data, right? Because how do legacy writers gather data? Well, you know, Hemingway writes a short story and then he walks down the street to a pub, you know, or a cafe in France. And then he reads his short story and then he waits to see like who laughs. Do a couple people in the back laugh? You know, does someone raise their glass and cheer and go, oh, that's the best short story I've ever heard in my life, right? That's how they gather data. It's very manual. You have small groups of people. It's a very slow flywheel, right? That's how it worked. Digital writing is I'm going to share an idea on the internet and within three minutes, it's going to get exposed to 10, 20, 50, 100, 1,000, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 people. And I'm immediately going to get a little heartbeat and a little sense of, is this working? Isn't it? What questions does that, does this raise? Are people engaging? Right? So think about the superpower of that, right? Hemingway's got to go. He can only go to so many cafes in a week, right? And you can publish a bunch of atomic essays and go to essentially a hundred cafes in a week if you wanted to. So this is the difference, right? So make the most of it and don't stay living in the 1920s, right? Let's move forward. You're also not writing on a typewriter, right? You, you can do not. these things quickly. The, you at the, with your keyboard and the internet have access to the world's fastest feedback mechanism. And so if you're not using it to your advantage, you're just wasting your time. Yes. So here, just, just to drive home the point, right? Here are some of the differences. Legacy writers, you know, back, back in those days, someone might go, oh, I'm really proud of myself. I wrote one new thing this month, or I wrote one new thing this year, right? Think about how slow of a flywheel that is. Today, I, you know, any one of us goes, oh, I published something last hour, right? I, I just published something 15 minutes ago. I just wrote seven things in seven days. It's much faster feedback loop. Legacy writers, I'm going to hide away, right? I'm going to go to a far and distant land. I'm going to sit in a cafe in a foreign country where no one knows my name, right? Digital writers, I'm going to do this in front of you. I'm going to practice in public. I'm going to constantly share what I'm working on so that everyone else around me can give me feedback so that I can learn faster right? You see this with startups and companies. You see this with courses and curriculums. You see this with writers all the time. This is the new model. Old model, right? Wait till it's perfect. I'm not going to share anything for four years until I deem it perfection. Okay, well, that's great. How do you know that it's perfect? How do you know that's what readers want? 
how many stories are there of the writers that went and, you know, over-invested all this time. And then they put their book out and everyone goes, ah, that actually wasn't really what I was interested in, right? Digital writing, you get better as you go. You write 10 things, you see which one works more than the others, you double down, you write another 10 things, right? It's continuous iteration. And then finally, legacy world is all about external credibility. It's all like, I'm a New York Times bestseller. You know, I'm a, I, I won the Pulitzer Prize. I, I, I won all these fancy awards. I won the short story contest, right? The internet, to be perfectly honest, doesn't care about any of that. It really doesn't. The only thing that readers care about on the internet is, is this valuable to me? And if it's valuable to, to the reader, it doesn't matter whether you're a New York Times bestselling writer or this is the first thing that you've written on the internet. The internet rewards what is valuable to the reader, period. And what an amazing thing, right? Like think of, think of the freedom that that unlocks. So this is the whole goal here is let's get out of the old world mindset. Let's move into a more future forward leaning mindset, a digital mindset, and everything becomes exponentially easier. Yeah. And so I think the number one mindset that I keep in mind is this idea of making noise and listening for signal. And over the next 30 days, you're going to make a lot of noise. You're going to have 30 pieces of writing. And we consider that just noise. you got to put things out there. And then from that, you're going to start to listen for signal. And the way I think about this as signal can come from two places. It can come from the market's feedback and your own personal feedback, right? So you're going to write 30 things. Some of them you're going to sit down and the words are just going to flow from your fingertips. You're going to write in, it's going to be the easiest thing you've ever written. And some days it's going to be like you're banging your head against the wall trying to publish something. So there's immediately some signal there. I really liked writing about this and I didn't really, it came easy. It was effortless. I didn't have to struggle. Those are the things you want to write about. So that's one circle. You want to get rid of the stuff that was very difficult, right? You learn about yourself during Ship 30 for 30 because you come in, like I said, the writer who comes in and says, I want to write about productivity. They figure out in five days that was way harder than I thought it was going to be. But my fifth day, I started writing about relationships and it was the easiest thing ever. I have 20 more ideas now. So those are, that's one circle. The other one is what the market says. So I put 30 out there. 10 of them had really good responses. People asked a bunch of questions. There was interesting follow-ups. And that's another data point. That's more signal. And then you have these two overlapping circles of the things that were really easy for you to write about. And the thing that the market said, oh, I really like this. And then you dive into that intersection of the Venn diagram and then you do it again. It's like, okay, I like to write about relationships and the market liked that. Now I'm going to talk about relationships for people in their 20s. I'm going to get more specific. I'm going to make noise in a smaller area and start to listen for signal there. And you can see how this process compounds and compounds and compounds as you get more and more specific, start to solve more specific problems. And so just internalize this making noise and listening for signal where every day you might learn. I put something out there. I'm never going to write about that topic again. Good thing I did. Good thing I tried it. 
because I, I didn't like it. And here's something I really like to write about, but the market said, nah, not interested. Maybe I, I need to change the way I think about it. That's my assumption. I thought the market would like this. Why didn't they? Now you can start mm-hmm. to question that. So the two signals you're really looking for are how did it feel for me to write about it? And what did the market think about it? And then you want to continue to dive into that overlapping Venn diagram. Yeah. And just to the, the cherry on top for all of this, why, why we feel like this is so valuable is think about the difference between writers who publish and then sit and wait and are like, am I going to get the approval that I want? Why aren't more people paying attention to me? Right. It's very expectation driven, right? Why, why aren't I getting what I wanted out of this versus when you're creating lots of little things, your whole mindset is, I am so excited to see what happens, right? And if what happens is, oh, it didn't, it didn't quite do what I thought it was going to do, the takeaway from there shouldn't be, I'm a terrible writer and I should never write anything ever again, right? The takeaway should be, wow, how interesting. I really thought this was going to hit. I wonder what it is about this that isn't working, right? And then you go on the journey of figuring that out and you change some variables, right? You're, yeah, you're a scientist, right? You're, you're a chef. You are trying to figure out how do I create this amazing meal? Well, you don't just do it the first time, right? You cook it and then you're like, ooh, a little bit more salt next time, right? Or ooh, a little more chili powder next time right? But you have to learn to figure that out. And so the whole idea here, like we, like we opened with is writing should not be a chore. It should not be a, I have to present, I have to do this grand reveal and present myself to the world. And if I'm not perfect day one, well, then I guess I'm a massive failure, right? That's never going to work. Never worked for anybody. Okay. So instead you want to be that curious, excited scientist, right? You want to test and then learn. And we're going to show you all the things that you can test. Okay. So these are the signals that you want to be paying attention to. You've got likes, you've got comments, you've got retweets, shares, you know, however people are sharing it on that platform and you've got views and impressions. Each one of these is a different signal, right? If you write something that gets a lot of views, but no comments, what does that tell you? right? That should, the takeaway there, you shouldn't just like write something and then just stop and then be like, am I famous or no? Right? Like that's not, that's not the idea. The idea is to look at the variables, look at what's happening and then ask yourself and reflect and go, okay, this is getting a lot of views, but no one's responding. Maybe this is something that people like reading about sort of fleetingly, but they don't want to talk about. Okay. Interesting. Let me put that away. Versus, you know what, this isn't getting that many views, but this thing is getting 10 times more comments than I normally get. I wonder why that is. Do people want to talk about this? Like what, what else could I engage on here? You know, oh, a lot of people, I wrote 10 things. This one got three times more likes than all my other stuff. And, you know, Dickie, I think it's helpful to share. You always explain this really well, how it really doesn't matter what the numbers are, right? You're paying mm. attention to the ratio of it and right. not the fixed number. Yeah. One common thing we get people very early, if they don't have that large of a following, they'll say, well, how do I listen to data if I only go from two to likes to four likes? 
And they think very linearly. They think, oh, that's only two more. And I want to change the way you think about it to a ratio and a anchoring to what you normally get, where four likes and two likes is not, the difference isn't two likes, it's 100%. Where if I have a very large following and I get a the difference between someone with two likes and four likes with a small following is the difference between 200 and 400 for someone with a lot or 2000 and 4000 for someone with a, or 2 million and 4 million right so don't think oh how am i ever going to figure out i have such a small audience anchor to what you have and look at the ratio of your growth start thinking in doubling terms where going from 10 followers to 20 followers to 40 to 100 i think about it in 10x where it's as hard to go from 0 to 1 1 to 10 10 to 100, 100 to 1,000, as it is from 100,000 to a million. And so anchor to what you currently have and look from there, where you'll start to look at patterns of, okay, this one got three times as much, not just six more. So don't be discouraged if you have a smaller following to start. You can still listen to data and still gather feedback from it. You, you want to put more out there so you get more data points, but don't think, oh, how am I ever going to tell the difference? I don't have a large following. So just anchor to that and, and go from there. And, and I, I love every time you explain that I, it's a great reminder for myself because I fall into, into it too, but I just want to iterate for everyone, right? We're all not data scientists. We're writers, right? So this is not a perfect model. We're not saying every data point you get is the unquestioned answer. All we're saying is that this is a great way to start right? Because what's the alternative? The alternative is you sit there, you close your eyes, you hit publish, and then you wait for some magical outcome to happen, right? So that's the alternative. So if you like the magic approach, by all means, go for it. And you know, we'll, we'll see you in two years. But if you want to try, right? If you want to try and iterate quickly, then just look at what's happening and question it, right? Think about it. Reflect on why it may or may not be working. Turn your writing into an experiment and treat it like a startup, right? Change as you go. So that's all, that's all we're saying. And there's other signals that you can pay attention to, right? I can write the same exact story 10 different ways with 10 different headlines in 10 different formats, approaching it with 10 different content tweaks. I just created a massive experiment, right? And I, I, I still do this with my writing. I've done this for years. This is the mentality that we want to cultivate. When you write about something, you don't just write about it once. You want to say, hey, what if I said this thing in a story? What if I said this thing as actionable advice? What if I said this thing through the lens of an interesting study that I found? What if I said this thing, as, right? You can keep saying it over and over again in all these different ways. And then what happens is when you try it in all these different ways, one usually emerges as the winner, right? You go, oh, wow. It's not life advice tips that people want. It's life advice through these really personal stories that I share. That's what readers are really gravitating to. And it becomes very obvious. It's not rocket science. It's very, very clear. If you do it enough, oh, wow, people love my personal stories. They don't love my actionable advice. Or, oh, wow, people love my analysis on numbers. They really don't like 
when I try and do personal stories. Personal stories are just not my sweet spot, right? And this is, this is what we're trying to get to, is that you, it's not based on an assumption. It's based on, I, I created lots of different things. I now know without any doubt what my strengths, what my sweet spot is and what my weaknesses are. And you know what? I'm gonna cut my losses and I'm gonna focus on my strengths. That's all you gotta do, all right? So everything that you write, every single thing is the opportunity to gather data. You're looking at likes, comments, shares, retweets, upvotes, views, impressions. Uh, we even pay attention. I mean, this is gets into another level of it, right? But then looking at the quality of questions, right? If you, if you write something and someone asks you a very specific question and they go, hey, I loved your tips on how to improve SEO, but um, I, I don't use WordPress. I use Squarespace. How do I fix my SEO on Squarespace? The first thing that should go off in your head is that's a question I can answer. That's something that I can write about. I can write something exactly for that reader. I should go create that, right? So as you listen to what people are saying, right? This chat is a great example. In this chat, I'm seeing so many statements and questions where I'm like, oh, I, we got to write about that. We should create something for that. We got to create something for that, right? This is a data-driven approach to digital writing. That's, that's what it is. So, and, and just so you guys know what we do after the live sessions, Cole and I will download this chat, look at the questions that were asked, look at the points that were said, look at the parts that resonated. And that's our data point, right? Th those are our data points for, oh, we could go talk about this. People are interested in this. This could have been sharper. This could have been clearer, right? This whole just trade-off of where we find data and what we do with it is just, is hopefully starting to resonate a little bit, hopefully starting to kind of change the way you think about writing. Yep. So everything that you write, everything that you write is at least one data point, right? Because you created another thing, but within each is multiple other data points, right? Is, oh, I, I chose this headline style versus this headline style. We're, that's why we have a whole session uh, around headlines and a whole you know curriculum a bunch of modules around writing headlines, right? Formatting, same thing, a session on formatting. Hey, what if I format it in a list versus formatting it in a story? How does that change the way readers consume it, right? So these are all these different little nuances that really great writers, really great content creators, this is how they think. This is how we're, we're encouraging you to think is that everything that you create is a bunch of data points and you're just looking for what are the what are the breakouts, right? What are the ones that are really working? And then double down on that. So what are the pieces, right? So you go, okay, this is all really great in theory. Now, how do I execute it? Okay, writing is a puzzle. That's all it is. Every time you sit down to write, you are assembling a puzzle. And once you learn the pieces of the puzzle, you start, if you've ever done puzzles before, you know, I've gone through phases in my life where I love putting puzzles, like actual physical puzzles on uh, tables before. My family's super into it. Okay. If you've ever put a puzzle together, you know, the first time you put a puzzle together, it is very, very frustrating and difficult, right? Because you're like, I've never really seen it this way before. And then you start doing a couple puzzles, right? You get three, four or five essays in, and then you're like, oh, I understand how the puzzle gets assembled. Now I'm just going to get faster at it, right? I'm just going to improve based on iteration. So these are all the qualities. These are all the puzzle pieces 
of an all-star atomic essay. And these same puzzle pieces exist in pretty much everything, whether it's a Twitter thread, whether it's a long form blog post, whether it's a book, whether it's a course outline, these are the puzzle pieces, okay? You have the headline, which again, we've got a whole bunch of materials that we're gonna go super in depth on another time, but we just wanna introduce it overarching today. You've got the headline, which introduces the thing. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. This is the direction that we're going. Then you have the introduction. I'm gonna walk you through, hey, welcome, welcome to my essay, right? Thanks for coming by. Here's what you're gonna get. The introduction is you welcoming the reader. Then you have the main points. The main points are why the reader's really there, right? The headline says three mistakes, da-da-da. The main points are the three mistakes, right? They're there for the three mistakes. Say so, so your main points are the bulk of what you're saying. And then the conclusion is, thanks so much for coming, you know, and then whatever you want to leave the reader with. And this is all it is. It's just over and over and over again. It's these four puzzle pieces. And sometimes, you know, you can move them around. You can you mix and match them if, if you want to get fancy with it. But really, every single atomic essay, every single email course, every single article, every everything is this flow. Over and Hold over on, over Cole, before we dive in here, we've covered a ton already today. I want to take just a one minute break, drop in the chat what one big takeaway you've had so far. Let's just pause before we dive into this, because I, I want either you to take a second, everyone take a deep breath before we dive into these, because we're covering a ton in this session. So I just want to make sure everyone can take a deep breath, reflect for a minute. Obviously, we'll have a replay. But before we dive into this, just anything that what what stuck out? What's been your golden nugget so far? Drop that in the chat because I want to see what we got to. Don't be quibby. Treat your <laughs> writing like a startup. That's a great one. Repurposing content from tweet to business. Anchor to what you have. Awesome. These are all really good points. And this is super helpful data for us for what's resonating. What can we do? What else we got? Wow, 29. Consistency is what counts. Look for signals. Not enough listening for signal. Rework your ideas. Create noise. Let's boom. Make noise. Make noise. Cabins counterproductive. <laughs> Test ideas. This is doable, right? Make noise. Data is a new gold. Be like a scientist. Digital writing is experimental. Understanding how you use published pieces as data points, tipping point story, looking for signals, practice in public. I'm just going to keep reading because we've covered so much. I'm reminding myself. Yeah. Ideas. Good. So I just, we want to continue to do little breaks like this throughout where you can say, and I encourage everyone to kind of, as this session ends, write up your takeaways, write up an atomic essay on it, write up a tweet, take notes, jump into Slack, say, hey, anyone want to jump together for 20 minutes on Zoom and talk about this after? These are the kind of things you can jump in with this. Not only this isn't, you're not doing it in a silo. You're doing it with 700 other people, right? If, if you think, oh, I want to talk about these ideas more, go dive into Slack right after this. And it's going to just reinforce and reinforce and reinforce of all of these things. Because what you've found here is there are a lot of people on this Zoom call right now who have taken Chip 30 before. And they're back to hammer home these frameworks. They're not going to stick the very first time. 
right? I'm, I'm hoping this was kind of like a red pill, blue pill from the matrix where it's like, oh my goodness, I'm just seeing the world in a completely new way. And you're not going to, it's not all going to click, but exercises like this of what am I really taking away here? What am I going to actually put into practice from this? Because now you have 30, 12, 29 after today, 29 more days to, to actually put this into practice. So just wanted to take a pause there for a minute, make sure everyone kind of reflected on what we, what we've done so far. And we'll have more spots like this throughout um, both the cohort with our Friday sessions. And I, I got a sense that it was, we've thrown a lot at you and then we dive into this. So let's finish up with puzzle pieces because I think everyone's got their takeaways so far. Super helpful. I, Dickie, what would I do without you? I get, I get too excited. You know, we're just, we're moving fast. I know it's like drinking out of a fire hose, everyone, but uh, it's, it's all here. Just it's all for you. So let's walk through, here's a bunch of examples. We just want to point out some things, you know, as you get started writing, these are just the things that you should be thinking about. Um, like I said, we have individual sessions for each one of these. Okay. So we're, we're going to go deep into each one. Don't feel like you have to master them all right away. Don't feel like you have to get it all right away. Um, again, pe there's people in here who've done ship 33, four or five times, you know, I mean, this is, it, it takes time to, to really learn it. So let's just walk through what the different pieces are. So one is the headline. Okay. So the headline is here's what this is about. All right. And we're going to go through a whole bunch of frameworks and examples on how to write killer headlines, like really, really great headlines. But for right now, just think of headline as I just need to tell the reader what this is about. Okay. Bonus points. If I can tell the reader what they're going to get out of it. All right. That's, that's really all you're focusing on. And the best headlines are just clear. That's it. It's just, you're just saying what it is. You're not trying to be clever, right? You're just clear. Okay. And we're going to go through and, and talk a lot about that. Here's another great example. What I learned from writing every week for the last six months. Great. I know what I'm getting out of it, right? If I click this, I know what I'm going to get. So this is all you're going for, okay? Just keep it simple. That's it. The second is the introduction, all right? The introduction is how you welcome the reader into the piece, okay? So think of the introduction as you're throwing a, you're throwing a dinner party. They walk through the front door. And you just, you need to tell them and just make sure, you know, they're like, is this the right house? Am I, am I in the right place? Right. So in order to do that, there's just a couple things that you want to tell them, right? What is this about? Who is this for? What are, what am I going to give you in exchange, you know, and why should I trust you? We're going to walk through this in, in terms of how this works in a, from a headline format in, in the headline session, but here, I just want to point out, right, in this intro, this was an atomic essay that I wrote, right? What is this about? Hey, this is about turning your side hustle into a full-time career. You know, who is this for? Well, if you have a side hustle and you want to turn that into your full-time career, this is for you, right? What do I get in return for reading this? Yeah, well, if this sounds like you, or if you've been debating how to do this, let me tell you how, right? And why should you trust me? Oh, well, back in 2016, I had to go through this right? I, this was my story. So anytime in that first little bit of the piece, right? If you can just kind of remind the reader why they're there, what this is about, what they're going to get out of it, why they should trust you. That is just really, really helpful. Okay. The third, this is the most important part of the atomic essay, right? This is why readers come. They don't really, readers on the internet don't really come for the piece 
for every single word in the piece, they really come for the main points, right? Because the main points are like, hey, just give me, give me the nutshell, right? What is this thing really about? Okay. And how you signal the main points are usually with boldings or subheads. Okay. So here, the reader, when if you click on this atomic essay, the reader eyes immediately gravitate to these bolded subheads, right? Because these are the main points. All right. So when you're assembling your atomic essay, especially because of the format, you know, you try and think, how can I chop this into two? Or how can I chop this into three? How can I chop this into four? Right. Or if you're really going through a list, right, how can I chop this into six little pieces? The more you're, you're chopping it, the more you're telling the reader, hey, each one of these is a point that I'm trying to make. OK, so whether you have two points or you have three points, it doesn't matter if it's in a list or if it's just here's one idea and then here's another idea. Right. But you want to call it out with some sort of bolding or some sort of subhead so that the reader then goes, oh, OK, these are the main points of the piece. Great. I can follow this. This is easy to consume. Right. And then finally, the conclusion. I love saying conclusions are optional, especially when you're dealing with an atomic essay. You've got 250 words. You don't really need to tie this big fancy bow on it. But if you just want to say, hey, you know, all right, this is what I'm doing. This is the direction I'm going. I'll see you later. Or, hey, this is the last point that I want to make to you. One more thing before you go. You know, one more thing. I just want you to remember. That's totally fine. However, you want to just quickly round out the piece. If you don't want to do that, like here's a great example. Goal one, goal two, goal three. Great. Those are the main points. I can just leave it. I call it pushing the reader off the cliff. We're done. Okay. We're done. I don't need, I don't need to give you any sort of big fancy goodbye. We're done. I'll see you the next, I'll see you next time. Right. That's all you got to do. So here's just, these are just some, some of the ways as you get started writing, right. As you look at that blank page, you know, you look at your atomic essay and you go, how do I assemble this? Headline, intro, main points, optional conclusion. And for those who don't know, uh, if you're, you know, since you're writing inside TypeShare, TypeShare has both a blank atomic essay uh, template, you know, you're, that's where you're writing inside, or I've created a handful of fully filled in templates on TypeShare that you can use. So if you really are stuck and you're like, I don't, this is my first time doing this, I don't know how to assemble this. Go into TypeShare, look at the templates, pick one of them that are there for you, and then fill it in, right? And it's a great way of learning. Here are the puzzle pieces. Here's how it all gets assembled. And then once you start to feel comfortable with it, you can write your own uh, in, a, in a blank atomic essay, right? And then just real quick, when you post your atomic essays on Twitter, you have what's called this little lead-in tweet. And the lead-in tweet is really just a short, quick little summary of here's, here's what you're going to get, right? So it's an even smaller version, right? Even more atomic version of the atomic essay. You're just telling the reader, hey, real quick, this is what you're going to get. This is what you can expect. So I hope this is helpful. We just wanted to kind of run through this real quick, um, show you all the different puzzle pieces. Uh, any questions that people have? Yeah, drop some questions in the chat. We got a few more minutes here. Um, and just to kind of give you a primer on how a lot of these sessions are going to work, Tuesdays from here on out are going to be kind of these framework introductions. And then after that, 
you're going to be able to submit questions for the Friday sessions where it's going to be a bit more of an AMA workshop style of we're going to show you a bunch of examples. We're going to answer your questions. You're going to have, be able to come in and just kind of talk about whatever. And we'll have optional breakout rooms for that one. Tuesdays all going to be kind of assignment focused. We're going to do a framework, an exercise, and then a little bit more teaching. The Friday breakout rooms will be optional just if you want to continue to talk. So let's see if we have any questions of in the chat. The blurb in the Twitter before the essay, by the way, that's inside TypeShare. When you go to hit publish, a little box pops up as you publish to Twitter and you just write it inside there. Hmm. What else? What else? And there's no, I just want to reiterate, there's no order for these. You know, if you want to focus on really practicing writing main points first, that's great. You want to focus on introductions first, that's great. Just each one of these is kind of its own little thing. All right, let's talk about a few of the things you can do after this session, right? You can jump into Slack and say, hey, who wants to jump on a call and, and talk about this, right? Who wants to reflect on this? Who wants to bounce these ideas around? We're seeing sketch notes in the chat. We're seeing write up your notes and share them on Slack with people. There's so many ways that you can kind of bring these all together. So don't think that it's, I right, go to the live session and then it's done. What's great is you have 29 more times to, to put these into practice, right? We're going to talk headlines. We're going to talk formatting. We're going we're gonna to talk analytics. This is just the beginning. And we wanted to just give you this foundational mindset of how to go about thinking as a digital writer. So I hope this was helpful. I would love if you could drop in the chat this session, scale of one to 10. What'd you learn? How'd it feel? Do you see the world in a new way? Was this helpful? Is your mind spinning? Just give us some feedback. Let's let's see what we got uh, because this is super helpful for us. Out of 10, that's a good number there. Awesome. Puzzle piece writing, drop the best framework, drop anything. Inspiring, super helpful, 3,000. Amazing. Awesome. Eight, nine, good. Good. We'll figure out ways we can continue to improve because again, this is, we do this every time. For, for anyone who, has come back from Ship 30. The three frameworks we shared today, we'd never shared before. We never shared in that order and that way of thinking. So you're, you're, we're constantly iterating. You're helping us improve as we go. So a lot. What else? I'm just, I like reading these. Brilliant session. Stop hashing. 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, lots of nines, lots of tens. That's what we're talking about. Uh, slides. And replay and all of that will be put on the Ship 30 for 30 doc. We'll also send an email with the, with the replay. So you'll have all of that if you want to dive into more of this. Um, and this is, I hope what you found with this live session is that you, you got to attend the rest because this is where we drop kind of the foundational stuff. And it, it pays to either be here or watch the replay and take notes. So Cole, oh, I miss intro. anything. Ah, just the just, intro, right? This is just the intro. I just want to, I just want to restate that this is just the intro. So if you find this valuable, please, please prioritize the live sessions. Cause we're going to take each one of these things and go deep. Like you will have a very, very clear understanding of how to be a successful digital writer at the end of this. Awesome. All, All right, right let's everyone. Do, let's do some breakout rooms for anyone that wants to stick around. Yeah, let's do it. So 
we can do breakout rooms for anyone who wants to stick around and just continue to meet some other shippers. Um, if you got a run, I know it's Saturday, all good. I hope we dropped enough for you to chew on throughout the rest of the weekend. And then, so if you got a jump, all good. Next live session is Tuesday, 1230 Eastern. We're going to talk about the endless idea generator, how to say one idea in four different ways or a thousand different ways, uh, all the different frameworks you can use to continue to generate ideas. Um, it looks like a lot of people are sticking around. So we'll give it one more minute if you can stick around or not. Other than, otherwise, we will jump into some breakout rooms and talk about some of the problems you're going to overcome during this. So you also get to meet people. Um, we'll just see how we clear out here. 10 miles on the books. Wow. Awesome. Love it. 